This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. The signature for the season is too many late goals, costing us too many points, were Pearson's words after the game yesterday. And now a chance to recharge um, for the last seven games to come. Matt is with me, as always, uh, still in the States on quite a yep. tour. Uh, Matt, where are you now? Um, in San Francisco. Um, yep. And we've been picked up at 11 our time, which is... 6 p.m. your time, um, I think, for um, the last leg of it, which is Los Angeles. So, yeah, we fly to Los Angeles this afternoon. So, you managed to escape Alcatraz? <clears throat> Escaped Alcatraz, which was just an unbelievable experience. Um, I wrote an essay when I was a kid about it and loved Birdman of Alcatraz and Escape from Alcatraz, two films that Ellie would have never even heard of or let alone seen. But to see Frank Morris, the Clint Eastwood, character from Escape from Alcatraz and actually see the models that they made, um, the vent that they sort of broke out from. Yeah, it was, just, it was incredible. The biggest thing was the recreation yard. There's just nothing to it. And you think for all those men, mm. um, it would have been bigger than it was. But yeah, it was um, yeah an amazing experience. I bet. Well, um, and then we went on table car yesterday, which was equally as amazing. And then we went to Lombard Street, which is the one, the crooked road, where you've got oh, yeah. those sort of zigzag first drive thing <clears throat> and that was an experience as well so yeah it's, it's been yeah everything i'd hoped it would be awesome um yeah. well you have to you have to write a, a column in the evening post about your holiday alone i think uh, when you oh. get back yeah i do enough columns <laughs> get it get it and get it into the front of the front of the evening post as opposed to the uh the back pages um I, I was thinking of you a minute ago, Matt, when I was over the field watching um, some kids football, so for a walk and yep. uh, happened across, uh, I think it was an under 10s final. Um, okay. ten- tensions were high on the sidelines and uh, a couple of the parents were giving the ref a bit of a hard time. And I just thought, I wonder what Matt was like when he was uh, managing those those teams. And I can only imagine you were probably a lot worse. No, do you know what? I wasn't. I was really, I, I genuinely really sort of quite, quite placid from the sidelines. My brother wasn't. Um, he was very much the opposite. And we would end up having arguments, me and him, um, between us, because he he started running it and I was his assistant and then we swapped because he had enough of it. But no, for the referees um, and stuff, I, I had the utmost respect because a lot of them were young lads. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would never lose it. Had a couple of run-ins with um, some parents, um, one club in particular, and I won't name, they'll, they'll know if they ever listen to this who it was, um, which should have been checked out the league. But yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, my biggest tip to anybody that does it is to set your sort of rules out from the start and say, you know, look, we're going to run it. Appreciate you as parents, you come along, but just support the kids. Don't, don't give grief because... Literally, I would spend Sunday afternoons on the phone to three or four parents dissecting the game and why we didn't right. do this, why we didn't do that. Um, yeah. 
Well, talking of uh, talking of dissecting the game, let's move on to yesterday's game. Before I bring in the guest, um, the pre-match poll yesterday: seventy-one percent predicted a defeat, seventeen percent predicted a draw, and twelve percent predicted a win. I think the last three games, three podcasts, I've done this. The result has actually only been seventeen percent or fifteen percent. I think it was so. It just shows how unpredictable we are at the moment. Um, the three words, Lee's three words, are brought to you by Brenda from Bristol. Not another one. Um, so thank you to Brenda from Bristol for that. Our guest today is a returning guest. It's Ellie Jones. Ellie, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Pat. Ciao, Matt. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, you've made it back. You've made it back. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Let's come on to the lineup. Um, so it's three, four, one, two with Campering coming in and also uh, a, a big day for Josh Hours coming onto the bench as well. And a home debut for Robbie Cundy. So, Matt, we, we've we've gone three, four, one, two, and it was great to see De Silva and Pring as win backs as opposed to Andy Vyman. Yeah. I mean, Jay, Jay's been really, really consistent over the last probably month, six weeks, um, irrespective of whether he's played right or left. Cam, we were all a little bit surprised that Cam hasn't featured more because he's been impressive. Yeah, he, he's had a couple of the game away at Knott's Forest, but he was left completely exposed um, up against probably the, the player of the league at the moment. Um, so, no, that was good to see. And and good to see Robbie Cundy cementing a place Um I kind of hope Thomas Callas obviously is, is injured, rested, whatever way you look at it. But I think Cundy is, is really starting to show his mettle. So I hope that he stays in and around. And I, and I hope he's doing enough to earn a new contract because um, I think with a full pre-season, working with players in the formation more regularly, he's only going to get better. So, yeah, it was, it was good to see him. It felt more like we had round pegs in round holes than it yesterday. Yeah, would you agree with that, Ellie? And uh, also your thoughts on Cundy's performances so far? So I was a little bit surprised because I'm sure in the week Pearson made a comment, as to say, about Alex Scott, you know, oh, he always gets a bit battered and bruised every game, uh, you know, sort of hinting that he would start. Maybe that was a mind game in, in respect of West Brom and how we would set up. So um, the formation would change. But um, yeah, no, Camp- Campering did a, a steady job yesterday. Have, haven't seen a great deal, like we said, of, of Cundy so far this season because of his injury and obviously how, how long he's got left on his contract. It, maybe this is a, a, you know, like a trial period just to sort of see how he's getting on and fair play to the guy. He's done really well so far and I've, I've been really impressed with him. He looks solid overall. He doesn't, you know, give me any concerns. He's he's everything we want, want you know, a centre-back to be. He's strong, he's tall, he's confident, composed on the ball. So, yeah, he's, he's done really well so far and, and another good performance yesterday. Yeah, and he can pass the ball as well, which we'll come on to a, a bit later. And, yeah, Matt, we've spoken about Cundy a few times and there was that sort of comment that we've heard or someone said about him being free to leave in the summer. But for me, you know, the last three games, I'd be putting pen to paper for him now. I just don't... <clears throat> and again, we know it, it, it's kind of rumours. There's nothing concrete that we've seen on it. Um there was a comment that that Nigel Pearson made yesterday, I think in relation to Josh Hours, and I don't know how long Josh has got on on a contract, but he was saying about looking at players um, to see, you know, whether, almost the point of whether it's worthwhile offering new contracts. And for me, Robbie Cund is a no-brainer. He's he's a lad that 
he's come in, he's eager to play, um, and it, in in the nicest way, it looks like a lad who's won a raffle because he's just delighted to be out there. Um, and you think he's played at what Bath City, I think Cambridge, Gillingham. It's a huge step up for him. And yesterday, I thought I, th- I actually thought West Brom offered really very little against us. And for them to have ended up scoring two goals, it didn't look like they they had a game that they scored two goals. He made one brilliant block in the second half. Um, so he's brave as well. He's not afraid to put his body you know where it matters, which is what. Pearson talks about keeping the ball out of the net, isn't it? So yeah, I I think his no nonsense approach to defending is quite um, it's great to watch. It, it's quite re- it's quite refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, right, bit of admin before we start. Last Saturday, I tweeted Andy Vyman joined Bristol City in, in July 2018. Almost four years on, he has played in almost every outfield position. He's still improvement. He's 30 years old. He's the engine room of the team. He's top goal scorer. He's dynamite. He's a future Hall of Famer. And my brother also added to that that he had a potentially career-ended injury last season. So have played in every game is absolutely phenomenal. And after numerous standby nominations in seven years since the last of his 14 caps, the ever-humble Weiman is delighted to get the call. And he's basically now been called up back into the Austrian international team. So a massive congratulations to Andy Weinman. And uh, yeah. Matt, to, to to come back, you know, when the international career, seven years on, to, he, is, he is at his peak, isn't he? It, it's funny. There was a, a comment made on Radio Bristol um, last night, Jeff Twentyman's post-match show, that talked about him being in the, the twilight of his career. Mm. He's playing the best football I've seen Andy Weinman play um, not only for us, I mean, I remember Andy Vyman at Derby, at Villa. Um, I think he would probably admit that he's probably in the form of his life. And you're talking about a bloke who, like you said, has played in so many different positions and always seems to do it for the want of the team. Never seems to be a sort of player that would complain about it. But yeah, I mean, the, the international cap is so well deserved because it's what, 18 goals in nine or 10 assists, something like that. It's yep. an incredible record. Yeah. Yeah. And Ellie, so uh, March 26th, he plays in Cardiff, which is obviously just across the road for him. Um, have you got any Cardiff allegiances? Any so Welsh allegiances, I should say? No, not really. I mean, my Welsh surname is a bit of a shame. Oh, but yeah. Being a Jones, yeah. <laughs> so do uh, my, my partner just take the, take the mickey out of me sometimes and say, give me the odd comment. But no, just fantastic. But Andy, like we say, he's, he's the absolute core and spine of our team. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a real leader. He's someone that the young players can learn a lot from and watch and, you know, aspire to be like him one day, you know, 30 years old, playing the football of his life, like Matt says, and mm. deservedly gets a call up to Austria after, you know, many years of, yeah. you know, seven years seems an awful long time it to does. not play for your, uh, you know, your country, but thoroughly deserved. Yeah. And if he can score against Wells, I think, uh, well... <laughs> done it twice against Cardiff home and away this season so yeah like playing Cardiff good to get the third yeah definitely I look forward to watching that okay into the minutes then uh the first uh, three minutes in Semenyo's off and Naki Wells on um Matt I don't know if you because you were watching on Robin's TV was there a replay of an injury of an obvious knock or they 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 weren't sure what it was I mean I think yeah like you say when he went down three minutes I think he, he tried to stay on for a little bit. Naki, I think, came on a, a couple of minutes later, but just it seemed like it must have been a, a twist of some description. Um, I read a report later on that he was on the bench with ice on his right knee. 
Um, but yeah, even Toby and um, Steve, the guy commentating, they weren't sure what had happened. Mm. And when they were trying to rerun it back, couldn't see any impact injury, couldn't see what it was. So slightly concerning. And, mm. and talking about Andy Vyman's call-up, a real shame for Antoine, because you imagine that he's now going to miss his international call-up with Ghana, which would have been a, yeah. a, a first for him. So yeah, a real yeah. shame. Yeah, great show. Um, um, but a, a more than adequate replacement, Ellie, with Naki Wells coming on, who's come on and performed really well in the last few games. Wells was probably my man of the match yesterday, Patch. I think he, you know, it just goes to show that we need we need squad rotation. We we still need a player like Wells in our team to be called upon. Unfortunately, if someone like Semenyo is going to get injured, and he he did really well, you know, there's. There would have been no, no complaints or any worries about him coming on and overall really good performance. Yeah. Um, 11th minute, I've just written great desire from Cundy to win the ball. He looks a real physical presence and we've obviously touched on that um, already. 20th minute. And, and this was the feeling for me before the game as well. And all the way through into the 20th minute, it just felt really flat at Ashton Gate, Ellie, didn't it? Watching it from both sides, I just felt it was a, a bit of a scrap the first half yesterday. Like, um, you know, West Brom didn't really trouble our goal, but they didn't really offer a lot. And it just seemed a bit of a scrap in midfield, you know, getting the ball and even even the defence as well. You know, I was, I'm, you know, by the corner flag where I stand is, is you know, the corner flag in section 82. So obviously I have a better view from the right. And we seem, com- we seem really composed and calm on the ball at the back, but in the middle, it just seemed a, a bit of a scrap. You know, there wasn't many cut there wasn't many clear cut chances from either side, to be honest, up, up until sort of, you know, half an hour or so. Yeah. You know, up until the point we got our goal. Yeah, so, Matt. And um, in terms of yeah. the actual atmosphere, the feeling around the ground, obviously watching it on TV, you can pick up on some of that. It to me it just felt it felt really, really flat. Yeah, I think I, I read afterwards it was a crowd of 20,000, which it yeah, just it didn't, didn't, look, didn't, feel didn't like that. look like that at all from the TV. And again, we know that season ticket holders, you know, I'm probably counting there, there is yesterday. Um, but it didn't look like that. But like Ellie said, I mean, me and Ellie were sort of messaging during the game and, and literally the first 25 minutes, I think Ellie, you had sort of Semenyo goes off and that was pretty much it, wasn't it? In terms of <laughs> any kind my, of... Uh, my game notes, yeah. It was, exactly, was, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a lot, no. Yeah, and it, and it was. It just felt like not even two teams feeling each other out. It it, it was, a, I mean, I wrote to your, your brother as well. It was a dire 20, 25 minutes where both keepers had nothing to do at all, did they? And, and that may be the atmosphere then because of that, it gets a little bit flat and, yeah. Mm. Well, the highlight of the first 20 minutes for me was uh, feed the goat Nan's chicken, rice and peas. Um, So I'd I'd recommend that on your next visit, which is on the corner. Actually, right at the bottom of section 82. Um, 23rd minute. Pring looks like a man desperate to prove a point after a a number of games on the sidelines and and not, not getting much action. Great battling to win the ball back and set up a cross from James. Um, Matt, we've... We've been calling for Pring for for a few weeks now to slot into like a, a natural wing back or full back position, and he gets his opportunity yesterday and started well for me. He's he's adding a bit more of a physical presence to his game as well. I think um, his his energy levels are a lot better than they were certainly at the start of the season. It seemed to get the 60, 65 minutes, and, and he was having to be hooked off because he was knackered. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was an impressive performance from Cam yesterday. 
Um, he, he was very strong in the tackle, um, but also is comfortable going forward, isn't he? Um, yeah. And, and you, you forget, again, he's another player. This is his first season at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to keep making excuses and saying next season, next season. But you do think for a number of these players, they've now understand what the championship is about with a good pre-season under them. They should be better players next season. And I think Cam's definitely going to be one of those. Yeah. 25th minute, there was an instruction from Nigel Pearson to closer and he tweaked the formation a bit, but for me, it wasn't obvious what he was sort of explaining, but um, we, we've previous uh, first half of the season, Matt, we we've been saying about Nigel Pearson and the fact that he was sitting in the stands um, and, and Ellie, how important is it that he's on that touchline to be able to get those messages across really, really quickly? You know, especially with the amount of youngsters in our team now, you know, sometimes they need that little bit of support, whether it's a youngster or whether it's someone who's experienced like closer. If if, if something's not working and Pearson wants to make a change, absolutely, he needs to be on that touchline. Yeah, my dad sits um, behind the, you know, the... Dugout. can't get my words out. That's it. He sits <laughs> behind the dugout, sorry. And I sat there once this season as well, and it's a fantastic experience. And Pearson is very vocal when he needs to be and he can so that's why there's been such question marks around why is he up in the stand like you say he's no good being up in the stand and you know just giving an instruction to Curtis Fleming you need to make a change or something's not working you need to you need to be saying it on the spot you know things things change very very quickly in football yeah absolutely whatever change he made go on Matt sorry and and Ellie but obviously he he referenced about it being a bit pantomime on the touchline and he can see better and you kind of think, I wonder if it was because he, he wasn't up to full health or whatever it was, because really since, I don't know when it is, however many months now, but he spent every minute on the touchline, yeah. which you kind of think, well, if you if you think it's pantomime and you get a better view upstairs, why have you not maintained that? And and so, you know, I mean, we, we've all said it, and I think the, the vast majority of the fan base think that the manager's place is, is on the sidelines and that's where he's most effective. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But whatever tweak he made seemed to work. It's on the 30th minutes goal and it's Naki Wells. A short pass from Martin to James. Feeds it out wide to Vyman, who has to adjust his feet. It was a tiny bit behind him and he does well to sort of get the ball out from under his feet. His cross finds the run of Wells, who's in the right place at the right time to tuck it in. It's a ninth assist for Andy Vyman, Ellie. And uh, great to see Naki Wells back on the score sheet. Fantastic. Uh, composure, fantastic cross from Vyman right on the wing. If you look at the position of of actually when Wells strikes a ball, he is a little bit to the left of the goal. So you could say that it, you could even say that it was like a tight angle. Mm. So uh, he, he did really well. But, you know, in that case, you would expect Wells to finish. You know, it was a simple, nice little finish. And yeah, great for him to get a goal and thoroughly deserved after a, a strong half first half performance yeah i think that's his first goal matt since qpr away unless i'm mistaken but mm. uh yeah wow. always always good to see him score he's <clears throat> he's been very very impressive for the under 23s hasn't he? And, and nigel pearson's kind of said that he's got no no concerns about naki wells coming on or playing and what have you um you would expect naki wells to leave in the summer because he wants to be playing. He's at an age now where he needs to be playing football. And he showed yesterday he's he's still very accomplished at mm. this level. I think like Ellie said, the finish was a far better finish than it than it looks. You know, you could 
read a report or listen to it on the radio, it sounds like a bit of a tap-in from six yards out. And it wasn't. His movement to spin away and then be in the position for the cross for Weidman, slightly behind him, on his left side, he's literally only got a ball, a ball space of the goal to aim at because Johnson's coming across and he's, he's an imposing keeper. I thought it was a really, really good finish. So much so that I had to kind of re-watch it on Robin's TV to make sure it had gone in, because you're like, <laughs> right, yeah, he scored almost from that angle, because it was a really tight angle. So yeah. I really like Naki Wells. And Patrick, no, you've, you've said right from the get-go, you know, you, you would want to see him playing up front with um, with Antoine in, you know, maybe yeah, with... In a team. Yeah, I, I just feel he's he's not been given a fair enough run in the team. Um and strikers need a run of games, don't they, to 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 get their um, their natural instincts, if you like, flowing again. So I'd like to see him stay, but I, I genuinely don't think he will because I think he's a high wage earner, and I do think other clubs are going to be interested in him. Yeah. Okay. Thirty six minute foul on Weinman and a yellow card. Good delivery from James and the header from Cundy almost creeps in at the far post. And just after that, De Silva almost takes on the whole West Bromwich Albion team, um, but, <laughs> but but loses the ball and then, and then West Brom break from there. But um, Ellie, for you, obviously, it was great to see Cundy starting to get on the end of, of a header in the box. Yeah, to be fair, the positioning for me, it just seemed that he was a little bit too far out. I think it, it, it the keeper still made a fantastic save, but it was just a little bit too far out for me. This, just that header and sort of how he struck the ball, really good. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't think, see. yeah, it's, it's great to see. Um, you know, like he said, like we said, he hasn't been playing a lot of games. You know, that shows a lot of confidence and desire, you know. He, he wants to try and you know put that ball in the net. Just yeah. it was just a little bit too far out for me, unfortunately. He's he's a natural target, man, isn't he? Mm. Well, he's he's a big unit, isn't he? I mean, I know p- people have have compared him a little bit to Aidan Flint. He's not he's not at Aidan Flint's level yet, but I understand what they're saying. But I'm trying to think whether we've had any of our centre halves this season score, and I can't I mean, think no, of a Palace so. goal, a closer goal. Um, no, I don't think Baker. No, yeah, I don't. I can't think of one, and I don't know if Andy Vyman has played centre half and scored, but, uh, <laughs> but I can't think. Of one. And again, maybe that says a lot about our our dead ball um, execution this season that yeah. we've not had what you would expect your best attackers of a, a ball, your defenders, your central defenders, score. So yeah, that's that's. But what that does mean, Matt, is that I, have, I haven't looked, and I will look at the next game. Is that the uh, the odds on Cundy scoring are probably yeah. fairly mm. fairly good? So uh, yeah, yeah, you would you would think so. Any, any of them, wouldn't you? Have a but, little go on you that. Know, you look at the leap of Callas, for example. Callas should be scoring three, five goals a season. Mm. Yeah, because he, he's he's a, a powerful lad. And he's got a good leap on him, and I bet there aren't many teams in the league that haven't had a centre half score this season. Okay, interesting. There's one for the status. Yeah, Dave Febs, if you're listening, sort that one out yeah. for us. Um, Jada Silva as well, Ellie. Obviously, he's he's come back with a point to prove, and it was great to see him go on that run. Um, but I think he just sort of hit a brick wall towards the end. He just sort of ran himself into trouble. It was like a, it was about a group of three West Brom players all in sort of a, a half circle. Yeah. Thought, Bless him. Someone that small. Where are you going at that point? What what, what are you trying to do? You know, try and get the ball out wide. But <laughs> and you know, fair play to the guy. You know, again, that shows you know, courage and desire. You know, overall, I thought looking at the whole team, we we had a decent first half performance yesterday. There, there can't be too 
too many complaints in that first half. You know, we went in one nil up and yeah, it would have been nice to have got a second. Uh, just, I, I do think our set pieces were slightly better yesterday with the delivery. Yeah, James, James uh, is getting James, more match. I think he did. I think he yeah. did all right. He's yeah. getting, yeah, he's good. getting more match fit now, isn't he? And starting to get into it. Um, fortieth minute, so it's a nice variation this time on the free kick um, from James. He finds Wells out wide on the right, but his cross, his low cross, is dealt with. But always good to have a bit of variation, Matt. Keep them guessing. Yeah, well, it, it was a move where Andy Vyman went early and that foxed the West Brom defence. And so then Wells made a run. So it looked very much like it was a planned sort of routine. Um, and Wells, when when you look back on it, Masengo had come into the edge of the box and was completely unmarked. And there was an interview with Han Noah before the game on Robbins TV. Um, and he was saying how much he loves being in Bristol, um, loves the club, but also said that a goal is coming. Um, he's confident God. and yeah, yeah, yeah. what are his odds I didn't look I mean he, he is one unfortunately my sky bet wouldn't work over here but um, he's one that I have for the last probably six weeks been putting a pound on to score um, just because I think I think it will happen it will probably end up being the last game of the season which tends to be the sort of situation doesn't it but um, he'd made a brilliant run in and, and he then sort of I mean, he's he's not a senior player, so he didn't he didn't necessarily have a a right go at Naki Wells, um, <laughs> but he let him know that he was free and a better cross. I think yeah. it could have been too. Yeah. Forty first minute, Pring is upended on the edge of the box after good running from Vyman and good forward play from Chris Martin. The free kick gets a corner, uh, and Martin swipes at it at the far post, oh. and this is a a real sort of. Funny moment. Um, well, not not very funny, but almost a bit disbelief. Matt, you you'd have seen this hopefully in a replay and can try and explain to us what happened. It's just that the ball just banks too high, and he just right, couldn't, okay. couldn't get over it enough. Um, and like you say, he's at the back post. He he controlled it with his chest, but again, the ball just went up, and he just couldn't get over the top of the ball really. But it was it was a hell of an opportunity. I mean. Our WhatsApp group was like, you know, how's he managed to hit it? Well, yeah. Me, so, so obviously, myself and Ellie in the ground, it yeah. it it looks much easier for for us, Ellie, didn't it? Yeah. I did watch it back this morning a, a few times, but I, I just think the angle the angle wasn't great, and sadly, I think it probably ended up in Rose Ed. <laughs> yeah, definitely did. Yeah. Okay. Right. Halftime summary from Rob. Whilst not spectacular. We've certainly held our own. Another key injury, but said it was a big opportunity for Wells. Challenge accepted. We've contained without flattering. And overall, much more said today, much more solid today. West Bromwich Albion have not been as enterprising as I feared. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, So a short summary from Rob there compared to the previous lengthy ones. Uh, Maybe go somewhere in the middle, Rob, next time. Uh, (laughs) Um, Matt, in terms of West Brom, you know, I think, I think I was in the camp for once of, of, I would have been happy and taken a point at the start. Uh, we you know we've, we've played West Brom a number of times over the years and always been quite, quite fearful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one for Ellie to definitely pick up on as well with, um, her, her baggies connection, shall I say. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I was really, really disappointed in West Brom. It's, it's the poorest West Brom side 
in terms of that performance that I've seen, I can probably remember, and, and unless it was going right back to the, the sort of days where they got relegated down to the third division and stuff, um, I was really, really surprised at just how poor they were. Um, everything was going through Livermore. He's a he's a bit of a nasty character, I think, Doug Livermore. But obviously, has he's, ability, uh, but... he's had two red cards this season, yeah. Livermore. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's got that about him. But they didn't really do anything. I can't I can't recall a shot that they had in the first half. Um, and I, I felt the the three centre backs were really really comfortable. Um, and like you, before the game, you're talking about a team that I think they were maybe twelfth at the start of the game, six points off the playoffs. But obviously they've got, you know, they only came down last season, so they've got a lot of money. They've still retained a lot of their top players. You expect it to be, and they've got Callum Robinson, who always scores against us, um, or always did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really surprised and disappointed with West Brom. But maybe that's doing us a bit of a disservice, because maybe the yeah. way that we set up nullified the, the threat that they, they offered. But, yeah. yeah. So, so Eddie, first question, can you tell us who Doug Livermore is that Matt referenced? Um <laughs> And then it's, next, oh, he's he's the yeah, Jake Livermore. Doug Livermore's the old Spurs. I think he was the Spurs chairman. Oh, brilliant, love it. And then what's this connect? What's this connection with uh, West Brom then? So my partner Adam is a is a Baggies fan. Was, ah. was in the away end yesterday. Um, I'm going to be honest and say that I put us to lose two 0 on my Super Six prediction. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, you know, just just based on the fact that West Brom, you know, the last few games they have found a little bit of form again. They they got that win at Hull. They played really well in the week against Fulham and got a one 0 win. I think it's with West Brom as well. They don't score a lot of goals. Yeah, they they don't score. They've been oh, they've got well, some unless crazy. Unless they're playing some, Bristol City, seemingly. Well, well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, they've got some crazy stat. They've been on Sky. They got five nil nils on Sky, something along those lines. So they don't score a lot. And one thing I wanted to pick up on as well through these minutes, we haven't spoken about one West Brom chance. No, so yeah. I think that just we haven't we haven't mentioned one West Brom chance, nothing. So I think yeah. that just goes to show how like well, I don't think Bentley had a save, they created. No. Didn't have a save to make, I don't think. Um, apart from obviously the, the penalty, which we'll come on to, but yep. I can't think one of much moment, else, one where I think the ball came deep to the back post and Jada Silva was up against possibly Robinson and the header went wide of the goal isn't the one one a threat but that's the only time where I kind of thought oh crikey they, they've got a bit of a chance here mm. um yeah surprising Callum, really surprising he was very quiet yesterday Callum yeah, yeah. Callum Robinson was very quiet didn't trouble us at all yeah okay and all, all the Livermore family were very impressive <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh 47th minute great speed and strength from campering to win a foot race and keep the ball in play um, we, we've touched on, on, on Cam's return already. 55th minute, a burst forward from Andy Vyman. Two wells, back to Vyman, taken down, no penalty. Matt, did you see a replay of that one? Was there any yeah. chance of a penalty? No, the, defend, the defender got the ball, first of all, and then admittedly in his follow-through trips, Andy Vyman, but he, he, he'd won the ball beforehand. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a pen for me at all. Okay, and then in the 67th minute, Ellie, it's a penalty to West Brom. Dan Bentley comes out, basically punches the striker in the face. Uh, for me, I, and just before this, I was calling for him to try and catch the ball as opposed to punch it. Uh, so a couple of questions to unpick there is, should he be punching there anyway? And should he be coming for it in the first place? I think 
think Matt uh, can answer that question. Should he be coming for it? Because I know he's not a fan of Dan Bentley yeah. and his constant punches. That you know, that if that's what he does, that's, if that's what he feels most confident doing, fine. But make sure you get the blimmin' ball. You know, you completely missed it. Just punch him in the head. I think Rob, because Rob Atkinson went up for that as well. And the look on Atkinson's face is 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 a right picture. He looks bemused. I don't think maybe at that point he knew what had happened, but he was looking at the ref as if to say, "What are you on about? Why? Why?" Yeah. Well, the guy sort of, I don't know. Was it Grant? Uh, it sort of goes over the top of of um, Rob Atkinson. Bartley, the centre half. It's Bartley. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So he goes over the back. Um, of Rob Atkinson but Matt I'll let you take this one then should he be coming for that in the first place I think it was a it was a, a period of pressure from West Brom and there was a couple of balls that had come in that he'd punch I think one maybe maybe from a corner um, he probably should be coming for it but he, he should be looking to try and catch more but fundamentally if you're going to punch and he, he had one before and where he punched it but punched it straight to the edge of the box centrally which obviously isn't great um, I think you only had to look at Dan Bentley's reaction, really. He, he could tell straight away what he'd done. Um, and I think the referee on the afternoon, they kept referencing it on Robin's TV. Any sort of challenge, oh, God, yeah. he would give a free kick for. And when, when you know you've got a ref who's like that, that's not allowing any kind of physicality, you've got to make sure that, that what you do is, is is correct. And at the end of the day, Bentley misses the ball, he catches the man, it's, 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 it's always going to be a just going on back to the ref, it's constant. It's constant stop, start what, football. Yeah. It's starting to get right on my nose. So yeah, what, what surprised me is at the start of the season, there was directive, wasn't there, to allow more of those kind of challenges that, that aren't, you know, aren't dangerous, aren't real fouls. Mm. Whereas now it just feels, and we're, we're you know, we, we do it ourselves. It just feels that there's times where a defender touches the attacker and the attacker falls down and it's a free kick. There were two or three, Furlong, who was a big unit for them on the right-hand side. Um, he was up against, there was one challenge with Jay De Silva, no, it was the other side, so it would have been Cam, um, where Cam Pring doesn't touch him at all. And yet, because he feels his presence, he goes down and the ref gives it. And you kind of look at it and think, is that a ref who's never played the game mm. to understand when the challenge is a challenge? And I'm, I'm like you, I, I think it's, in fact, Toby referenced it um, saying it's becoming a non-contact sport. And yep. it is. You're not allowed to make physical kind of challenges. Um, and it just spoils the game. And like you said, it, it was just stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. You watched, I watched the rugby last night, um, France, England. And uh, I know it's a completely different sport, but blimey, some of the, some of the contact and challenges going in in rugby. Um, just, yeah. just as you mentioned rugby, what was the pitch like yesterday? Because from the TV, it looked perfect. As as you know, we've seen it up close. We've been there the day after a, a, a game on the pitch, and you can see how good it is. Steve Bruce referenced after the game about it being a rugby game played the night before, and that you could really tell. And no. I, I I kind of I tell at all. Column, yeah, I put in my column that no. it, it looked fantastic on there, and yeah, I think Steve Bruce is obviously just showing a bit of sour grapes, but yeah, yeah. people 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 around me were saying they couldn't believe that a rugby game had been exactly. played on it. Exactly, yeah. So, I think yeah. there were a few silly comments yesterday. I heard Pearson in his post match saying about the wind and, and tough weather conditions. So, well, well that's interesting because again, I couldn't see from the the TV. But was it windy down there yesterday? 
well, we were we were obviously in sat in the stands. Whether that on the pitch, it's but I didn't can't say. I've, it was quite mild as well, but um, yeah. I think yeah. uh, he's he's got he's got to watch his comments a little bit for me, Nigel Pearson. You made no, a lot of post post match comments again about the officials yesterday. Yeah. I'm sick of getting emails. You know, I'm sick of getting emails. Something about the precious FA. I just you need to be. You know, he's already been fined. Just yeah. just needs to watch himself a little I think bit. He more or less said he don't care, didn't he? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's brilliant. a brilliant, yeah. a brilliant YouTube clip as well. I saw last night because you chatted rugby and it literally only be thirty seconds, but of the Italian try, but to the music Ness and Dorma. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Back to football. Um, there's a handball shout on the 72nd minute for City not given. It was one of those ones that was shoulder top of the arm. The cross from West Brom mm. is cut out by Masengo. But for the third time today, uh, City break three on three. And it's Wells to Martin and his shot is poor. So this is a three on three break, Matt. Um, yeah. Obviously, Wells, Vyman and... Martin, Martin. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about selection of pass, choose to choosing to shoot, not to shoot, yeah. and just is there's there wasn't a lot of confidence from me there that that was going to happen. I think that's the word, Patch, is the confidence. Um, I don't think Chris that one with Chris Martin. I don't think it was a shot. I think he was looking to to sort of square it to the back post for for Vyman running in. But wouldn't it be great to have a centre forward? And, and probably if that's Vyman, there might have been a different outcome because of his confidence. Um, but Naki Wells had one, I think might have been a bit later where, he, no, it was the earlier one with the penalty reference, where again, get out your feet and, and drive for goal, have a shot on goal. Um, and we and we wasted those opportunities because like you said, there, there were a couple of really, really good breaks. Um, and it's important as well to reference Masengo's challenge that there mm. were three or four times yesterday where he was the last man and he was, clearing the ball from the, the sort of um, six-yard box in front of Bentley. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, with, I'm with you. It's frustrating. And, and maybe again, you know, with, with the right recruitment in the summer, um, yeah, that might be slightly different. Maybe we've already got that in the likes of Tommy Conway. Um, Sam Pearson is, is playing very well up here in mm. Vanessa. Got another Welsh sort of call-up. So yeah, may, maybe again, talking about next season, but You'd like to think we'll have players that, that want to show that, that that confidence and strike on goal, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ellie, on that, just going back to that three-on-three, three, uh, is there an opportunity to Wells, for Wells to be a bit more selfish and, and try and take it on and use Martin as a bit of a decoy? Yeah, M- Martin had quite a quiet game for me yesterday. I think Naki, Naki's more than capable and perhaps should have, like you said, been a bit selfish and tried to sort of take it on himself. Mm. Um frustrating like you said because we did have more than enough chances in the second half to sort of clear it up and try and get a second but just wasn't falling for us unfortunately at, good, at that point yeah segue into the 84th minute it's Vyman it's 2-1 it's his 18th goal the free kick from Cundy delivery is great just inside his own half um, and it's a decent header from Rob Atkinson on the edge of the box across to Andy Vyman and Matt that volley was unstoppable quite frankly Again, it's a it's a moment where you're watching it on TV. You kind of think, has he has he scored? Like, did it go over the bar? Or but it was it was a brilliant finish, um, and shows the form that Andy Vyman's in. I mean, that's two two weeks running where he's at a first time volley, um, and he's ended up in the back of the net. And and both should have been winning goals, shouldn't they? Um, 
But you're right, it was a good ball in for Robbie, Robbie Cundy. Atkinson wins a great header and plays it across to him. Um, and it is just the finish of a, of a player full of confidence. Um, yeah. You know, his best ever season in terms of goal scoring. But it's also, like you referenced earlier on, the, the assists as well. Mm. Um, he, he's been incredible and has to be player of the season for us at the moment. And he's just mm. he's outstanding. Yeah. But just taking Andy Byman out of the equation, because we've run out of things to say about him, great to see Cundy and Atkinson combining in that offensive move. Yeah, it was. And, and Atkinson showed some of the form yesterday that we saw in the early season. Mm. I'm not saying right back to where he was, but he was certainly, it was a, certainly a stronger performance from him yesterday. Um, and, and good to see us competing like that on the, on the edge of their box. I mean, Steve Bruce again, and, and maybe it's an old pro manager sort of way, but he was talking about there was only one side that he thought looked likely to win it. Completely disagree. I thought it was it was an even game in the second half, but um, I didn't think it was completely against the run of play or anything like that. As you said, we had two two breaks, three on three. Um, Bentley didn't really have anything that he had to do to save. So um, yeah, it was it it was it was an impressive performance from those three at the back, both at both ends of the pitch. So yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, then. It's the last sort of six minutes of the game plus injury time. And we've been here before, going back to Brenda uh, at the start of the podcast. But um, there was a couple of opportunities, Ellie, where the ball was run into your corner. Um, and th- at least that was happening. You know, it was being run into the corner. Obviously, we saw that game where Campering tried to go and get the extra, get the next goal um, away at insert team name here, please, somebody. Um, I can't remember now. Where was um, that? Preston. 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 There, uh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying. He's instead of running it into the corner in the last minute, they come back down the other end and 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 score. So the intent was there, but it wasn't retained in the corner long enough, was it? No, it wasn't retained enough in the corner. You had so many questions. Why didn't we keep that ball in that corner as much as we can? You know, we just gave it away sloppily, and then West Brom. I was noticing in the build-up to their goal, they had their players had so much room and time on the ball to pass it about nicely, pass, pass, pass. And I'm just thinking, you know, and my brother said as well earlier, why didn't Pearson make a sub during Absolutely. that? Yeah. Why Absolutely. Was a, why yeah. was no sub made yeah. during during that last bit of injury time to at least break up the play? Why was there yeah. no tackle? Why was there no tackle? West Brom had the West Brom had the ball, you know, four or five passes before. That ball yeah. ended up in the box, which we led made to the goal. One substitution yesterday in the sixth minute. Yeah. Uh, we had two subs, yeah. two substitutions left to make. You've got yeah. Viner on there who could have come in for Matty James, who was looking a bit leggy in the last well, 20 minutes. I think um, you'd have brought Viner on, probably for say Chris Martin or even Naki Wells, mm. just just to add something into the middle of the, the pitch. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely with Ellie on that. I think it was a really strange move not to. And, Something I don't like after the game is is Pearson referencing same um, players, same mistakes. Yeah, same same players, same mistakes. Um, and I I couldn't recall I recalled the the throw in and recalled Campring winning a free kick where he got pushed off by Clark right probably right in front of Ellie. Um, and then from a throwing point of view, I couldn't remember who was on the throwings whether it was Atkinson, whether it was um, Naki Wells or whoever. So. I kind of was then scratching my brain and think, well, who's he talking about? And, and like you, Patch, I'm then thinking, well, does he mean campering because of that Preston incident? But then your point, 
well, when's he going to learn about making this, the tactical substitution? The only thing I would say is, is when you then need your experienced pros, like West Brom were doing, when when they get a free kick or a throw, pick the ball up and run away with it and then chuck mm. it back and stuff mm. like that. And we, we're not very good at that sort of thing. Well, we saw Chris Martin do that, to be fair, but not a lot else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get what you mean. Anyway, uh, we have to talk about it. I think it was offside in the build-up as well, which... Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't get a clear enough angle on Robin's TV to see that or not. But Pearson said he thought Livermore was offside in the build-up. I think he was just offside. Yeah, Doug yeah. Livermore was just Doug. offside. <laughs> Don't you start. But I think, yeah, it was, you know, Ellie sort of saying about it, it, was, it felt like it was four or five passes that went unchallenged, really. They, they almost kind of played around us. It was actually a good finish. It was a good move, um, you know. Was, and, and, yeah, um, not- didn't really have a, much of a chance. Very, uh, very like the Naki Wells finish when it right in the corner, only one place to go, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a good move from West Brom. Very quick passing. Adam Reach finishing well. Um, I think someone you know, whoever set up the goal was just nipped inside of Matty James. Um, yeah, so 92nd minute, and, and actually, I feared that they were gonna get yeah. possibly get another one. There was a yeah. still you know, a good 90 seconds left to go, and I had shades yeah. of. Nottingham Forest, Forest in yeah. early. That's the most frustrating thing, though, Pat. Ninety seconds. Why are we so deep in our box with a, with a minute, two minutes to go? You know, we've just not learned our lesson time and time and time again. But this I is get- even before Nigel Pearson <laughs> as well. It seems to be built into the uh, Bristol City DNA that when we go a goal up, we do seem to go more defensive and never <laughs> go for the second goal. We just we just panic, don't we? We don't know how to hold on to a lead we get too excited just get too excited um you know Pierce we're tired of hearing it Pearson's tired of just saying the same things every single week and I just I'm just still baffled how we're I know there's only eight games left for us now but how many games and how many goals have we conceded in the 90 plus minute there was a stat on the quest show I think 17 was it 17? I think it's 17 I, times now that we've conceded in the, in the last minute on Twitter yesterday. Um, from Rob South, I think that said, and I'm the number of points that we would have if yeah. we didn't concede. Yeah. No, 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 it was, it was, uh, where is it? 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 Uh, well, I think so we've now played 20 home league games this season and have conceded last minute goals in an unbelievable eight of those games. Nine goals in total, because obviously two are a forest. Mm. And in six of those games, the late goals have cost us 11 points. So that's just from a home point of view. And then away, I think you you can add another, I think, six points onto that, which puts us, I think someone said, three points off the playoffs. Yeah. And it is the old, if me auntie had, she'd be my uncle, but... I think you say um, that every podcast. That's going on the bingo sheet, that is. But it's true, though, isn't it? Day, you know, it's like, yeah, if, if we'd have scored more goals than every team we played this season, we'd be top yeah, of the league. Absolutely. You know, that is, that's football, isn't it? You, 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 but you've got to see the game out. And yeah. that, I think, just comes down to, to game management and hopefully something that they'll learn again. So, But uh, as, I, as I always like to put a little positive slant on this, Matt, it's one of those ones where we're not going up, we're not going down. They, this... <laughs> This lesson that they keep learning over and over again, you know, when we're going for the playoffs next season, 
hopefully they'll, <laughs> they will have learned um, and got some more ideas about how to run the game day. It, it'll be interesting to see when it from the, the the turnover in the summer. But yeah, you, it's it's all experience, and and for the likes of Campring. I'm sure Campring isn't. I I don't think he made a mistake like he did at Preston. No, step uh, one is doing the right thing and trying to exactly. run in the corner. Yeah. Step two is yeah. step three is retaining it. Yeah. And it's always that bit around when when we had the ball in the corner. I think Mackie Wells took a throw to Chris Martin, and then they ended up getting a throw. There's almost a bit of, but actually, if you play the way you would normally have been playing, then you might have retained possession anyway. You're inviting a challenge, aren't you, when you play the ball in the corner like that? And invariably, it ends up you're trying to shield the ball so you give a free kick away or just fall so over. It, just it, fall yeah, over. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that would have worked yesterday, certainly. Okay. Um, so, 2 2, a result we probably would have all hand on heart taken before the start of the game. Happy with that? Agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right, Matt, um, you're able to do the ratings this week, I hope. Yeah, I was. Yes, don't panic. <laughs> I know how much you hate it. Um, yeah, okay. So I've gone, let me find it. Uh, so Dan Bentley, <clears throat> I really debated this one. Um, so I went to six because I don't think he had anything to do. But then I was debating, but actually, should it be a five? Because his mistake, and it was a mistake with that punch, kind of changes the game a little bit because I didn't think West Brom were really in it. Um, and then he, but I, I don't recall him then making a save. So, but then as I was thinking about it, I'm thinking, Christ, that seems a bit harsh to dock him a point for one mistake. But it's one mistake that, that costs a goal. Yep. And the other thing is that the, the penalty is just struck straight down the middle. Mm. And I often think to myself, how many times would a keeper save it if they stood their ground? It was similar to similar position to the goal, uh, sorry, to the one that he saved. Um, yeah, for me, maybe a little bit of a, a little maybe, bit better, this, harder. This was, more, this was much more central the one yeah. yesterday. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll I think five. I went, I went, I went I five, but five. Okay, I went five, but I think slightly harsh. So I've given him a point more. I've given him a six. I've changed. Okay, well, it's a yeah. five, five from me, but I don't know whether that helps you, Matt. Mm. It's a, so two sixes. So okay, um, and then. Cundy, Closer um, and Atkinson have gone sevens for all three. Um, I thought Closer at times showed his experience and, and helped probably those two manage through and, and possibly that warrants an eight. Um, but I thought it was just three three really good centre-half performances or back three performances. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went three sevens. Yeah. I think- yeah, I've gone, I've gone seven for Cundy and Atkinson and a six for Closer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I I think I'm happy with sevens for all three. I think because closer mm-hmm. sort of that anchor point in the middle, he's probably not noticed as much. Some of yeah. the work that he's doing isn't noticed as much as Cundy and Atkinson was. Um, so I think it's seven. But out of the three, I think Cundy came out of it, um, you know, with the most merit. Yeah, um, Campering, I went seven, and that could have been an eight because I thought he he played really well yesterday, Cam, but. Um, again I didn't want to go over the top with it because it was kind of it wasn't a great West Brom performance and we've ended up 2-2 so so I went 7 for Cam Jaden Silva I went 6 because I thought he, he put in a shift like we you know we expect from him now I didn't think he was probably as effective yesterday going forward but 
Um, it, again, is one that could easily be in a seven because he, he didn't get caught very much. And do you um, think that's at the yeah. detriment of him shifting across to, to the... Uh, possibly, yeah. non-preferred right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Because I think when he's on, on his left foot, he, he's a, a lot more comfortable. So, yeah. Um, Matty James, I went to six. Much better performance from him yesterday. Still, his dead ball delivery was was obviously a lot better than we've seen in recent weeks. Um but yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was anything more than what I would expect from Matty James. I think for me, he would have benefited with coming off after about seventy-five minutes. Yeah, um, and you know, who who knows whether that could have been enough to bring the levels back up a little bit in the midfield. But definitely seen a vast improvement in him as time's gone on since his return. And yeah. match match fitness is a big thing, uh, no matter what anyone says. And, and I think yeah. in, in the next couple of games, he's going to be very important. Was it Holden or Pearson that, that played Zach Viner in midfield? No, I'd say Hold, Holden, I think. I don't think yeah. he's played in midfield this season. No, yeah, yeah so maybe it was. But, but again, it's not. He looked all right, didn't he, from memory? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, it was an option there. So, um, yeah, because it was around Hanauer, the time that Backinson was sort of switching out. That's right, yeah. Han um, I thought it was a much better performance from him, having sort of dropped really low for him the last couple of games. So I went seven for Han Noah. Um, there were, like I said, three or four moments where um, he was sweeping up at the back and was the last man. There was one where he had an opportunity to clear it and played it to Atkinson. And then Atkinson tried to run it out of the area, got fouled. But again, it was one of those fouls that if the ref had allowed the play to, you know, to properly play, probably wouldn't have been given. So I think I think he got a little bit lucky there. But yeah, I went, I went seven for him. Um, Andy Vyman, I went eight. Um, again, sets the tempo, but scores a brilliant goal. It's, it's another assist for him. Um, so I think, yeah, an eight for him. Chrissy Martin, I, I went six, um, and it feels like he didn't have a lot to do yesterday. But I think, again, he takes a lot of the heat from the big centre halves. So um, although going forward, he probably wasn't at his most effective you know, mm. when on the ball. You ref- referenced that that shot or pass that he had. But I didn't think it was a poor performance from him. I thought it was just a, a solid one. So I went six. Just before, um, the, just before the game, Matt, I was listening to Jeff and Gary chatting about Nigel Pearson saying something about Chris Martin being the most important defender <laughs> at yeah. set pieces in the corners. Week. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. and Jeff said, if I was one of the centre-backs or, you know, another player in the team, I would be wanting to make prove a point today. And and I think for once, Chris Martin wasn't the most important defender at corners. I think Hanno Masengo probably cleared up more than Chris Martin did. It's a funny one, isn't it? And I, and I think me early, we're, we're talking the week about it, but a bit like, well, hang on a sec. What 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 am I doing here? This, that's, mm. that's my job. But I do think it's probably taken out of slight context because... Let's be fair about it. Famara Jeju was probably our most important defender at corners when he was here. That doesn't, it's probably the way that Pearson said it. So I think he's right to reference the work that Chris Martin does, but he's not the best defender at the club, obviously. So, yeah. Um, and then Naki Wells, I've gone eight, but I've gone eight with a man of the match. I thought Naki Wells was excellent mm. yesterday. Um, I think, Ellie, you said he was your man of the match at the start. And I just felt it was. One one thing I really liked, there was a moment right at the end of the first half where Furlong left a little bit on Campering and Campering went down. 
And Wells then went to Furlong and had a word with him and then went to check on Campering. And I just felt that that was, that was a proper pro mm. looking after the youngster. And I don't know, it was it, it just felt, we've, we've or I've certainly talked about Mackie Wells playing like he's sulking a little bit. I didn't get that at all yesterday. I thought it was a really, an energetic, strong performance from him and, and a really good finish. So yeah, he, he was my man of the match as well yesterday. Yeah, agree with that. I think, um, um, sorry, just to yeah. jump in, I think this is probably one of the very few games we can look back on and just think everybody sort of had a good game. There, yeah. You know, there's no standout player yesterday that you would say had a bad game. I know we rated some of the players as six, like the likes of Martin was a little bit more quiet for me yesterday. Masengo was... Well, six, Masengo. Is, six is still a good performance. Six is still good. Yeah, yeah. nobody had a bad game. Yeah. That's, and, that's, and that's, that's what makes it so more frustrating, Matt, doesn't it? Is this 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 inconsistency from Tuesday night? Well, I mean, we've got the international break now, and I think it's the next game, Bournemouth away, um, which, mm. I mean, they won, was it three in the end yesterday against Huddersfield? Mm. Um, yeah. I think three. That, that's going to be a tough game. So if, you, if we can play at the level that we put in yesterday... I'm not saying we'll end up getting anything out of the game because I think Bournemouth are a very good side. But if we can play at that level, then, you know, at least you're, you're keeping the consistency going. But yeah. with none of us, the three of us, would be surprised to see us drop and put in a performance like we did against Barnsley because we're just mm. not string two performances together, it seems, for whatever reason. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nigel Pearson. And for, yeah, for Nigel, again, I didn't, I didn't want to go over the top with it. So I, I toyed between a six and a seven and I went six because I said it was it was an improved performance from the defeated Barnsley. But in all honesty, I think just walking out on the pitch was probably an improved performance from, from the Barnsley game by all accounts. <laughs> um, so it wasn't too difficult. And I also throw in the, again, and apologies to, to Ad and Ellie, but I think it, it was a poor West Brom performance yesterday. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to throw that in. Had he made the substitution, that breaks the play up a little bit as well. Mm. Had he made the Matty James change, that might have made a difference. So, yeah, I, I went six for Nigel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think, obviously, picking Campering was a, a good plus point um, and giving another another defender um, some squad time. Sorry, another defender. Another youngster, I should say, some squad time in, in Josh hours. So, yeah, I think that's that's fair. So, I know you haven't got your spreadsheet on you, but what's the average for that? for that game oh, I don't know you'll have to work it out okay well, I haven't got my spreadsheet open but it's above six it, looking at looking at this with with a, a trained eye I'd say it's probably about six point yeah no, we'll stick it stick it in your phone and I'll tell you what the numbers are ready no no we'll, we'll I'll do it in a minute I'll do it in a minute All right. Um. so uh, new segment for this podcast I say this podcast it's been happening on three peeps in a podcast the, the regular show for the, about the past six years but some things, some things at football, and we're not, we're not. This isn't about Bristol City. This is, you know, following Bristol City, watching football, um, the whole experience, start to finish, that really annoy you. So it's Room of Doom, um, which is basically a take on Room One Hundred and One. But as I say, we've been doing it for quite some time. The 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 big, the best Room of Doom that we've had on the regular show is probably causes much debate, and it's the merge in turn scenario on on a ring road when one lane is closed. Right. Um, before you before you go on, yeah, because I know Ellie, 
if you're sat in a row of traffic where it's the one lane's closed and it's merging turn, do you sit in the traffic on the left or do you go in the right-hand lane and go right up to where you can then merge and cut in? Oh, you cut out a bit there. You're talking oh, to me, I... sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry. So, so when you're in a, a, a merging turn situation when there's a traffic with one lane closed, do you yeah. tend to sit in the traffic or you're one of the ones that go in the right-hand lane and go right to the end and cut you in? You know, I, I can't stand it when cars do that and, you know, <laughs> go right up to... I can't stand that. I just think Hello, that's Mr. not Warner. fair. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not a fan of that, no. I, I'm very much in favour of not causing a traffic jam and using all available road. Um, so I think that you'll find that that's generally what pe- that most is the right way of doing it, isn't it? But yeah, um, but yeah, that's just an example. There's another one that made me laugh was, and this this hasn't aged well because not many people, to my knowledge, well, I definitely don't go to a cash point anymore and withdraw cash. But anyway, one of uh, Scott Jones in the early days was people who take too long at cash points. People to sort yeah. of go there and probably pay some bills or pay top up their yeah. phone and take forever yeah. um and he actually came up with a solution for that as well he's is um the longer you're there the hotter the keypad gets so uh, <laughs> so it starts to burn your hands right but anyway let's let's go back to this so room of doom um football related I'll, I'll kick off and this is people who sit on their phones for the entire game watching scores in other games and checking their bets their accumulators. So I'm there to watch Bristol City. Yes, I'm probably on my phone, but making notes for the podcast. But I don't give a toss how Rovers are getting on or how bloody Man United are getting on. I'm there to watch Bristol City. Um, so that is my my stake for this week's uh, football room of doom. So we're going to go around the table. You two are going to throw one in and then we'll take a vote. You can't vote for your own. Matt, next. So mine, I feel a bit of a grump with this, but it's the... Um the signs that have started appearing at the, the grounds from um, young fans pleading for players' shirts. Um, and like I said, may, maybe I, I haven't got kids and maybe it's just because I'm a grumpy sod, but it just feels as though like everyone's now got a sign that they hold up, please give me your shirt, which, you know, I think they're not allowed to do it now anyway. I think that the club have sort of said, um, you know, well, we're not going to be giving shirts away. But it just feels like it's a a begging tactic in, you know, it, it takes away when you used to see the odd player come over and give their shirt to someone off the ring. Oh, isn't that lovely? Whereas now it just feels like everyone's turning up and it's whoever makes the best sign or wears the best hand. Noah, um, you know, wig. <laughs> stands <laughs> a chance. So yeah, that's my, that was, um, that was what we heard on the supporters club and trust was, on yeah. the zoom call, wasn't it? They said that, players have been given an instruction now absolutely nobody yeah. is to give out a shirt under any circumstance well that yeah. was that was i think due to the kids running on the pitch mm. rather than yeah. the signs right. yeah um but that's that hopefully it was just a, a two game thing that i think well one lab was successful so then about 10 lads <laughs> ran on the pitch at the same time um okay matt so yours is uh signs so people making signs yes. requesting shirts yeah. Ellie, what yeah. are you going for? So now I'm in Section 82, it, it doesn't bother me as much because it is a standing area. So I will go back to my days of when I was in Dolman Block B in my old seat. My pet hate is people coming in five, ten minutes late and then the whole row has to stand up and it 
even still to this day now I, I'm I'm not there anymore because I'm in the South Stand but I just know my dad's friends but in the row behind get so annoyed because the whole row has to stand up person comes in might be a little bit slow and then you know people looking over their shoulders you know it's just my pet hate and people getting up in the middle of the game for a, you know you can't help it but toilet breaks and coming mm. in late it's just my pet hate get there on time you know call me sad but I'm always one of those people that likes to be in my seat I like to see the video intro that we always play you know just be in your seat on time I know people okay. come in at the last minute but yeah that, that's one thing that really bugs me no, I like it. So, Matt, um, you've got you've got a vote now between. So, mine is uh, people who sit managing their football bets and updating every Tom Dick and Harry on the scores, non Bristol City scores throughout the game. You've got Ellie's, which is people coming in five ten minutes late and interrupting the whole row. And then yours, Matt, obviously, is uh, kids making signs, requesting shirts. Yeah. So, Matt, you've got to pick between me and Ellie, and then we'll go around. So, I've got a few that sit near me that are on their phones um and doesn't doesn't overly bug me probably because i'm used to it so um but i also then have people that that do come in late um and and a bit like we constantly say patch never changes but there's two <laughs> guys there's two guys that come in and literally you can guarantee it's going to be five past three because they finish their beer downstairs <laughs> they're probably getting the last one in and they never ever are in their seats for kickoff <laughs> and it just really bugs me um so, yeah, I'm going to go with Ellie on this one. Okay, Ellie, you've got to choose between uh, Matt and me. I'm sorry, Patch. I don't mean this at a dig, but I just think it's the <laughs> at yours. Um, it's just the way it is now with, with bets. There's so many betting companies and so many different bets people do. I mean, I, I do the occasional accumulator, but not very often because I never win. Um it's as long as people aren't being too loud or you know sometimes it is good to know if you know especially teams around us how they're getting on i am guilty of, of doing it sometimes but, yeah, but so I yesterday don't think it's the yesterday the, the, the lads sat in front of me were literally had their had their <sighs> phone up the whole time and i almost uh, said are you here to watch the game or are you you know a professional professional bet that's merchant uh, <laughs> well whatever whatever you want to label them so <laughs> I'm going to say no for yours, Patch, because I don't think looking at a bet is, is the most annoying thing. Okay. Do you know, it depends who you're sat by and how loud they're being. But I, I'm with Matt. This whole begging for shirts, is, is, it's got to stop. I mean, once one club does it, everyone's doing it and in is everywhere now. You know, no, no player should be expected mm. to give away their shirt to a child uh, okay. in my eyes. So I get the casting vote um, and I... I'm going to go with Ellie because, <laughs> yeah, so Ellie, you've won the first ever I bonus win. show, Room of Doom. Fantastic. Um, because that is, yeah, that is something that, and, and where I sit now, there's no one goes past me because I'm in like a, a row of five seats, which is one of the reasons why I got that season mm. ticket. Um, so, yeah, and that is, yeah. It's criminal, especially when there's an attack or and people that generally just sort of stand up too long as well. And I know you're in the standing section and it's different. Um, and I'd happily stand up for the whole game. But, you know, there we are. But, yeah, it's people who do come in late. It is particularly uh, annoying. And oh, actually, I'll save. I need to save that for another yeah, entry. For another yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another one. But, uh, yeah, they never Ellie. tend to be in a hurry, do they? So No, 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 no. Not at all. As long as they've got their pasty or their bovril. 
There we go. Okay. Um, final thing I want to say is someone asked about the song that I've been playing at the end of the podcast for the last sort of three or four. And I can't even remember how I suddenly remembered this song from the 80s. Um, and it's a it's a song from West Country band Shag Connors and the Carrot Crunchers. And they're they're <laughs> Gloucestershire's answer to the Wurzels, a humorous and fondly remembered band led by the in Immitable and sadly missed Shag Connors. The band is still doing business in the capable hands of Shag's son, Mart, and Mart Connors and the Carrot Crunches. Um, oh, what a funny name! Yeah, but it's a it's it's a it's a, a medley of three songs. One uh, on Bristol City is the first one. Then there'll always be a Bristol, and then Glory Glory Bristol City. And it for me it brings back a lot of memories. Matt, did you ever hear this before? No, I, ha- I hadn't until you sent me the link. Um, you hadn't now, heard it? No, genuinely. So the Glory, Glory, Bristol City I had, but the other two I hadn't done. Um, couldn't recall it at all. And, and I, I do remember, I do remember the name, though, Shag Collins and the Carrot Crunchers. I just didn't associate that with the songs <laughs> that were played. But I'm assuming Shag Connors was a, a nickname. I'm not, mm. I'm not sure. It was something to do with, with tobacco. Um, and right. I can't remember. I'll save. I'll save that one for, for, for next yeah. time. Um, but yes, uh, we did have a few tweets to read out, Matt. Thanks for the prompt, um, Doctor Dean Allen. Not even surprised as the late goal curse strikes again. A much improved performance from Bristol City today uh, against an ordinary West Brom side. Our centre half dominant, but again we can't see it out. At least Andy Vyman moves moves towards twenty plus for the season. Um, that was from Dean and Shahan. What a winnable game that unexpectedly could have been last minute conceding haunts us once again. Um, and there was Matthew Burke. Same thing keeps happening. If we get the defense right next season, we will have a much improved season in his opinion. Um, and yeah. And then, and then thanks to K K city red Kate, for asking me about that song. She said, it reminds me when there used to be Team FA Cup songs released. Gives me goosebumps every time. Um, so, yeah, that was the Carrot Crunchers and Shag Connors. So uh, that's what's going to play us out. So it's an international break now, and Matt is still on his international break, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll back be- Thursday. Yeah, back in the we'll- UK for and we shall be heading south with our bucket and spade on the 2nd of April. Are you going, Ellie, to Bournemouth? Listen I to was. Unbelievable. Energy. I was. I was going to go. But um, I was going to go for the weekend, but not go to the game because. What? I know. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going now altogether. I've, uh, I've got a busy month in April. I'm going to Stoke because that's my new grind for um. I like to tick off one new, try and do one new away grind, but no, I'm I'm backing out of Bournemouth. Is that a cold Tuesday night in Stoke or? No, it's Good Friday. Okay. What date's that, Ellie? Good Friday, the fifteenth of April, I think. Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay, right. Without further ado, Matt, continue to have a lovely time, Ellie. Thank you so much Very for much. joining us, and uh, let's hand over to Shag. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers, all. Bye for now. Bye, bye. Thank you. On Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead. You nearly blew 
it We know you've been through it But you can do it Give us the gold There'll always be a Bristol And City is the team To get into the first again Will always be our dream We're proud of Bristol City They play in wind and rain To hear the crowd or shout aloud The city scores again My eyes have seen the glory of the goals a city score And we want to see them score in just a half a dozen more When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you'll want to hear us roar Our team goes marching on Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Our team goes marching on Glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching.